Anonymous, in the merit of that children of all ages wake up and understand that a mother's love is priceless. Amen. Ariella Geller, for the Brahman Hatzlacha in their life together, Amen. Nate Bergman, in honor of Rivka Leah Batavora Hayomushka and Natanel Asher Ben Shoshana. Leslie Kapobianko, in honor of her daughter's health, mental, and physical, Alana Bloom. You okay? <laughs> Anonymous in honor of this coot of Aaron Eliyahu Bendina, Dasavina Basha Shoshana. Mirochana Bas Miriam, Aliza Fredo Bas Mirochana, Lea Loza Bas Mirochana, Abraham David Ben Mirochana, the Alishola Ben Esther. Esther David and Anna Ezra Ben Kanom. For success, Brock in finding the right wife. And finally, in, uh, in memory of the Borah Fega, Bad Shmuel and Nakanava Ben Kanom. Amen. You good, Michael? Anybody else? Okay, good. Okay. Welcome, guys. Welcome to the Lighthouse. Welcome. Nice to see some uh, friends from New York. Uh, God willing, we'll be there on February 19th. Curtis Silva is going to be opening up for me. Um, it's going to be a phenomenal class at Parkley Synagogue. It's always a packed event. Past two years is the third event. Very excited to be there. Today's class is going to be on greatness mindset. We know we need a little extra push during this month. And during this, we're, we know we just entered Parsha Shemot. We just entered into the, into the Parshas of Exodus in the desert. The mindset of slavery, unfortunately. So this month, particularly this week, this, you know, these, these weeks of the Parsha, the, the Balatanya says we have to live with the Parsha. So this month we're entering it in, into a lot of emotional, extra emotions, and, and we know already the month of Tevet is a tough month. It's a tough that the, the Midah is anger. Whenever there's anger, we have, to, we have to exercise tremendous amount of patience. And this is a month that we need an extra little bit push. That's why you see a lot of, you see me speaking a lot about desire in this, this, these couple classes because what was the problem with the Jews in Egypt? One of the, one of the things that they lacked was desire. They suffered from a, from a slave mentality. Two things that didn't get them out of Egypt, or say, just say, desire and faith. So one of the things you have to want to get out, you have to want to exit, you have to want it. We're going to talk about many things today. We're going to talk about Lesson 46, 48. We're going to talk about a few classes. Um, but the main thing is one of the things, in order to be great, desire must be there. 
Hashem created you to be a warrior, not a worrier. We see today there's a lot of, more Jews are worrying than warriors, unfortunately. We're not supposed to be so worried. We need to understand that it's okay to have uncertainty in your life. It's not, it's not the end of the world. Embrace uncertainty. The, why would embrace uncertainty? Because this is the only way we show trust in our Creator. How else can you show trust in your Creator if everything was certain? It's only when that place of uncertainty does greatness really catch. So when a person recognizes, it's okay to have uncertainty. Nothing is certain in life. But you don't also want to live like that because we have a need for certainty in life and we also have a need for uncertainty. Because if everything was certain, you would be bored. So you need a little uncertainty. Specifically, where you overcome challenges is with, when you have uncertainty. So when you, the, the, the problem is today is how we're viewing these challenges. How we're viewing them. Are we, are, we're usually viewing them as threats, not as challenges. So again, master the art of uncertainty. It's good for you. It's healthy. It keeps you alive. It keeps you fresh. And, and, and your attitude is always different. But when you have the opposite, God forbid, it can lead you to, to become a warrior, not a warrior. Rav Nachman's already told us many times, he wants us to be great. He wants us to be great. He wants us to be greater than the angels. That's, that's the level. He said, one of my followers, Rav Nachman say, says in, in, in his book called, um, his book called Tzaddik, he says that we'll be even greater than some of the tzaddik, tzaddikim out there. One of my simple followers, followers can reach to a level where many tzaddikim will not reach. So we definitely have the right path here. Rabbi Nachman says that your life is going to be a very narrow bridge. The main thing is not to be afraid. It's not going to be a big bridge. It's going to be a very narrow bridge where you're going to have to ha hang on tight. And if you hang on tight and you listen to the advice of Rabbi Nachman, you listen to the advice of these teachings, you're going to make it and you're going to thrive. But the bridge is narrow. And it appears at times where we, we, it looks like we're going to fall. And we have to hang on. But that's what, that's what we have. We have already, we have the advice. And that's what my, I key the, to my classes are. That sometimes, guys, you're going to run. And sometimes you just have to hold on. It's a stage of life. Don't, people always say, break out, this, that. Run, run, run. No, not every time you're going to run. There's times to just hang on. Not to lose your place. To hold on to your place in life. So that's two really things that you, really don't, you don't really see that in spirituality. You always talk about breakouts. No, it's two, it's two, two forms. Running and returning. Running and returning. Days we feel inspired. Days we feel we just need to hang on. And that reward for hanging on on a rough day, it's the same reward as running on a day where you have a lot of light. Understand that. Very, very important to understand that. We need to understand, and I got this this week, uh, this, today's class was really, uh, really game changer class. Because what, what happens is Rabbi Rush came out with this book called A New Light. You see a common problem today where you see this J January 1st, people make New Year's resolutions. They have all these vivid goals. I want to lose 70 pounds. I want to lose 100 pounds. I want to conquer the world. All of these things. I want to get along with Moroccans. That's, that's a pretty crazy goal. They make these crazy goals, these crazy, crazy goals, but they think they're just going to get into the goal and it's going to happen. And then what happens, January 15th comes, the inspiration turns into desperation, and the goal's over. But what is, what is, what is Rabbi Nachman really telling us to do? If you want to hit a goal on January 1st, you better start craving it and desiring on December 1st. 
can't just walk in in January 1st and expect to hit the goal. And he says, and he said it today amazingly. He says, during the entire time, I did not work and pray to conquer my evil inclination or, my, or, or what I wanted. I had no vessel to receive the salvation. It's a very unbelievable line. Basically, if I have no vessel to receive the salvation, how is the salvation going to come? If the salvation comes and I have no vessel, I'm not going to know if something's good or not. If a shidduch, if a shidduch comes when a person is not ready to be married, it can possibly could be something not good at all because it's not going to last. So we have to, our job in life is to make vessels. The biggest way to make vessels is through desire. It's through desire, through hunger, through wanting something, through thinking, thinking big. That's how you make a vessel. And what, look what he says. Had I succeeded without prayer and the work of will, I would have been harmed and filled with hardiness. Help me that I should not fall into this hardiness. Basically, the Arizal says, if anything we receive today without praying for it or without an effort, you have to be careful because it's free light. And anything free without working for it, it can actually be detrimental for you. So now we start understanding this concept. We start loving the struggle. But we have to recognize, like I said today in the morning, and why I'm saying it again, it's so important, you get rewarded in public for what you do in private. It's such an important, it's such an, un- you can't just show up. You can't just show up. You can't just show up. People just tell you, show up. No. Pick what you want. Pick a desire. Sometimes Hashem won't give you what you want. He'll give you what you need. But pick, pick a desire, pick a goal, and then start building the yearning and craving for that thing. That, and then attempt it. Then attempt it. Don't, do not attempt something without first creating that desire and that's why Hashem purposely sends us obstacles in our lives. He purposely sends us all kinds of detours in our lives. He purposely sends you back doors, front doors, you turn over the car. He sends you there so you start, he wants to know, how really do you want this goal? How really do you want this? How bad do you really want it? And that's the purpose, and that's what he's saying here. I don't want to succeed without prayer and effort, because if I don't succeed without prayer and will, this thing's not going to be good for me. And I'm going to start getting things. And the next thing you know, I get one thing. Okay, I want something else. Then I start having this problem of what? That the world is suffering so much from? There's, the world is suffering from expectations. I want this, I want this, I want this. But nobody wants to, nobody wants to do the grind. Nobody wants to work on the will. Nobody wants to work on the, on the desire. And that's not, in a, that's not a public thing. And that's not an app. You can't just swipe and say, here you go, I want this. That's something that has to be done in private between you and your Creator, creating a strong desire. Then you hit everything. But now we know, at least we have a coping system on how to hit goals. We have a coping system on not to worry. Just ask yourself, are you really putting that 100% effort in? Are you really putting the 100% desire into something? And Rabbi Nachman is going to tell you in Lesson 66 that the extent of a person's desire is determined principally by the obstacle heaven is going to send you. Everybody has a different obstacle in life. One, one person's obstacle is, is struggling with his faith. Another person's tr- obstacle could be Shabbat. Another person's tr- obstacle could be fixing his, his bread. Whatever it is in your life, or another person's obstacle could be always wanting to be right and always wanting kavod. 
and seeking always to be right in life and getting the upper hand, that obstacle the heaven sends you, they send you the obstacle, and then they send you, here you go. This is where you could be, this is your greatness, and this is where, what's stopping you. All you have to do, Rav Nachman's going to tell you here, is you have to be able to have, the, the, your desire should match the obstacle. The desire that you want should match the obstacle. Where does desire come from? Desire comes from Keter. It comes from the first thing, the first sphere in Kabbalah. It's unindifferentiated light. Keter is the biggest light. It's a light of will. Where there's a will, there's a way. There's no greatness mindset without desire. You can't even touch greatness without desire. Because desire is what gets you to the next level. Desire is what keeps you hungry. Desire is what's going to give you to the next level. Without desire, we have nothing. And that's what Rabbi Rush says, and Rabbi Nachman, the whole thing is searching always to get to the next level. Searching always to want. For example, like we said today, if you want Shalom Bayit, you can't just show up and expect to have Shalom Bayit. You have to pray for it. You have to recognize how difficult it is. You have to recognize how dependent you are on, on, on Hashem. Basically, in a nutshell, you get to a point where you recognize you're completely powerless without God's help in any situation. And once you come to, the, to, to recognize that you're powerless in some situation, then there's power in powerless. It's very powerful to, to, to be dependent upon your Creator. So that's one issue. Second issue is some people are afraid of success. They're afraid of greatness. And Miriam Wilson says something very, absolutely very beautiful. She says that our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are more powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens people. It's you're afraid of the light. Wow, what's the matter? This guy's going to start talking now. You know how many times when I started doing the classes? He's not a rabbi. He's not this. He's not, 24 excuses every day. He's not this. He's not that. He doesn't like the suits. He doesn't like this suit. All the garbage. All the garbage. All the garbage that was out there. So I'm just trying to tell you, anybody that we want to try to succeed in anywhere, any, any light in our lives, we're going to hit. Sometimes we're afraid of the actual light. We're afraid of too much light. We're afraid of too much light. And the light is not going to... And, this is what he, and, this is, and she gave, he gives an example here of Superman. Superman was afraid of his light. So he tried to be Clark Kent. He tried to hide in that other. But Superman, Superman! But he, he tried to be Clark Kent. That means just to hide his greatness. And this is what he says. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Who am I, who are you not to be? You're a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. Very important concept. Playing small does not serve anybody. Opposite. It takes the gifts that God gave you and you're not using it. You're not using it. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that people will not feel insecure surrounding you. Many people, I'm afraid to do this. I'm afraid to write a book. People, what are people, my friends are not going to like. They're going to think they're better than them. So many, so many things, unfortunately. They're afraid. They're, they feel maybe people, you know, you're going to be successful. And, and Rav Nachman clearly told us this, that anytime we're going to do something, there's going to be, the, your biggest obstacles are going to be in your own family. 
You know, you want to start doing his bodhidut, you want to start meditating, what are you, crazy? What are you doing? Now you're becoming a fanatic, you're doing this now, you're listening to classes, who are you, the Dalai Lama? <laughs> all, kinds of, all kinds of stories are going to come. Because usually people don't want to see you happy in life. They're like miserable, miserable like miserable. But anytime you want to change, you want to feel enlightened, right away the cri- you're going to get criticized. Automatically you're going to get criticized. That's a sign that you're on the right path. If you're getting criticized, you should start saying thank you to God. Thank you, Hashem. Thank you, Hashem. Being, getting criticized is the beginning of knowing that you're in the right place. Getting criticized specifically because there's nothing greater than a cleansing when people criticize you. It's a cleansing. But your job is not to take it personal. Your job is not to take it personal. And he's saying here, we, are, we were born to manifest God's glory that is within us. It is not just in some of us. It's everybody has this light. Everybody has the light that God's given them. This this inner aspect. And we unconsciously, we want, not only that, we want to promote other people to do the same. So remember, it's your light. Your job in light is to become who you are. If you're supposed to be a pianist, you're supposed to play the piano. You're supposed to become a therapist, you're supposed to be the best therapist. And that's where you're going to get a lot of people that are not going to want you to do that. And they're going to hold you back. And they're going to tell you you're not good enough. They're going to give you all kinds of excuses. That's where you have to say, this is the beginning. That means, you know, like we said before, when the customer says no, the sale begins. When the customer says no, that's when the sale really begins. Anybody can sell in Amazon. <laughs> but when the customer says no, that's when the sale begins. That is the mindset that you want to have today. So if, you're, if it's your... And Rav Nachman, oh, he's inside, it could be your spouse that doesn't want you to be happy. Because maybe if you're happy, you're going to leave them. Who knows? Who knows the craziness that's happening out there today? But it's a lot of, you could see a lot of negativity once people start seeking the light. And, and you have to just be very determined. If, if you see the determinism that we have, we just have to be very determined. And that's what it hit. You have to be careful that, that you, you, people are afraid again. They're afraid of too much light. So that's another, another way that we, we have to be careful. And, you know, the Baal Shem Tov says a great story about this. He says that a man came up to him and was asking him for a blessing for his horse. And all of a sudden, he gave a blessing to his horse. So what happened? One year, the horse died. And he says, listen, Rabbi, I don't know what to do. My horse died. So now he asked him, okay, now that horse died, I have to ask for something else. He became a multimillionaire. So he went up to the guy. He says, Rabbi, I don't understand. You came up to me. You asked me for a blessing. And now the horse died and became a millionaire? He goes, yeah, because that's all you asked me for. You asked me for the horse. That's all I blessed you with. That's where your mindset was. You were only fixated on the horse. So sometimes, unfortunately, we, we have limited thinking. So we can only receive based on what we ask for. You want to ask for the horse? Okay, let the horse. So it, it taught, because the horse died, it opened up his mind. And he, was, and he asked for something else. And he got something else. So also, we have to be careful not to have limited thinking. What does limited thinking mean? Is, is, is putting a limit on God. Putting on a limit on the salvation of Hashem. Putting a limit that God can only save you if He, if he saves you in this business or in that business. Or in that. You don't want to put limits. You want to say there's un, God is infinite. There's no limit 
to infinite. infinite. There's no limit to Hashem. There's no, there's no limits. Everything else is limits. But He's inf- infinite. So you always want to wake up in the morning and say there's no limits. No limit mindset is basically connecting to greatness. Because God, God is what? He, there's no limits. So that's, uh, we only put limits. Like we gave the example of the elephant. That's when he's, the elephant is young. He gets trained by a little rope. And he, every time he tries to pull, he can't pull. Right? So what happens when he becomes a big elephant? He's stuck with a little rope on his, on his foot. And that's his limitation. And the limitation was created when he was younger. So a very important concept that we need to understand. We need to break three from, from limits. So let's talk, about, let's talk about five factors. And we're going to take a, a couple lessons from Rav Nachman, lesson 46, 48, on what really makes greatness. And again, I study a lot. I'm very into self-improvement books. And there is literally five factors that I, that I recognize. One is desire. Second is belief. Third is attitude. Fourth is discipline. And fifth is determination. Let's talk about those. So we already spoke about desire, that we have to desire something like our hair's on fire. We recognize that the, the actual verb, the actual vowels, vowels have no letters. I'm sorry, letters have no vowels. What gives, it, what gives a letter the movement is yearning, is desire, kisufim. That gives a letter vowels. So it's basically, this is, the, this is the Jewish law of attraction. Desire can bring something closer than what you want. The more you desire something, and unfortunately, this works both ways. <laughs> it doesn't just work one way. If you desire something bad, you're going to get that too. It doesn't work one way or the other. That's what's very, you have to be very careful, Rav Nachman says in lesson 69, that you shouldn't covet people's money. Because he says, if you covet people's money, it's like you stole it. As our sages say, when a person would look at another person's field in the Gemara, it would cause harm to the field. So it's very important to stay in your lane. Because what happens is, if we're not focused on ourselves, then what happens, we're automatically focusing on other people. And that glance and that covet can actually create damage and can ruin your, your vessel. So greatness means, number one, staying in your lane. This is my blessing. This is my opportunity. There's no, nothing. We don't want to look absolutely anywhere else. But desire is the key because desire, like we said, is the vow points. And here he's saying, to the extent that your obstacle, everybody has a different obstacle in heaven, to the extent of your obstacle is going to be the desire that you need in order to break it. And if you receive something without prayer, it's not going to come. So the more investment has to be, like we said, that you want a Shalom Bayit, it's the prayer to have Shalom Bayit. You just, when, you're going to, when you're going to dealing with your wife or your spouse, you're just showing up. It's the, the preparation before that causes it. It's a very important concept. That means we, 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 today we, we're, we're too focused on, on fixing something and not getting the hint that God wants me to do more on that. And he says, whatever a person truly desires... He will certainly accomplish it, turning potential into actual. No obstacle is going to hurt him because when he sees his desire, that's what it is. You have a vision in your mind, now you have to push, you have to push, you have to push. And this is exactly why the Jews could not get out of Egypt because of a lack of desire. They didn't want to do it. So first we have to align ourselves. Do we really want it? Second, belief. Everything has to go through thought, word, and action. I could think about something 
but I have to go make it into speech. It's not enough that I, could, that I say I believe something. I actually have to, Rabbi Nachman says in Lesson 54, 44, I actually have to speak it out. I can't say, I think about winning. I have to say, I'm going to win. Faith must be spoken out loud. You have to speak victory. It's very, very important. A lot of the tefillahs that we speak about, if you read about, if you read, all davening is affirmations. Every time I daven, what am I saying? God surrounds me. God saves me. Mercy surrounds me when, I'm, when I trust God. You're actually, you, you, what you're saying is you're praying, and those words that you're saying are supposed to enter into your subconscious, and you're supposed to really believe it. So an indication whether you prayed correctly or not is if you're a changed person after that prayer. You have to be a changed person. That means those words really penetrated. If I'm not really a changed person after I prayed, then I'm not, those words are not really going in. They're, they're just, I said it. But one thing is if you say it and you believe it, it has a completely different effect on you. Because all you're doing when you're praying is nothing more but affirmations. God is great. God saves me. There's glory. Like, how can I say God is great and then complain two minutes afterwards? Did you, did, did you just say God is great? How could you complain two minutes afterwards? Then something's off. Like you see people, they, they right out of, out of show, they pray, and they're yelling at the guy on the, on the phone. Where were you? Put the, put the, put the tefillah on Amazon. Put it on... <laughs> It's not, there's a disconnect. So that's how I know if I prayed the right way. Am I completely a different person? Am I, do I have new energy? Am I revived there? That means the words I said penetrated my bones. For I say, just say, you have to pray with all your bones. Your bones have to feel it. It's an art. It's, it's why concentration is important. Getting rid of the, the, the junk in your mind is important. Really going to a place where you feel oneness. And then the words actually will give you energy, like the Baal Shem Tov says. The words themselves will energize you. Remember, I'm exhausted because I'm not saying, the, I'm exhausted because I'm holding in things. But once I let go and really express myself of all the pain that I'm going through, and really believe that you're the, you're the only salvation, then I'm very simple, I, I let it go, I let it up. I, I, I release it, the energy gets released. And then automatically, if negative energy gets released, automatically you feel great. Just like a massage. You ever have a massage in one area of your body? What does the massage do? What, is it, what does that not do, unfortunately, if it's not handled properly? Next thing you know, you have a little knot here, and next thing you know, you're walking like, you're walking like this, <laughs> with your neck like this. But what are you talking about? The pain is in your back. Because if you don't deal with certain things in life, you know what happens? It starts pulling you, next thing you know, from the back, it starts pulling the shoulder, and next thing you know, you got a crooked neck. How did it get all the way there? Because you never, you never undid the knot, you never clogged it. Same thing when we have certain emotions that are not clogged, that are not released in prayer. What happens? They, they make everything else stiff, and, they, and they, they do not allow the flow of blood to move. So when you get a massage, you feel better, you feel like a release. It's exactly what prayer is. You're releasing, you're getting rid of those knots, those areas that you don't like, those maybe the, the forgiveness issues or, or areas of um, lack of trust. These areas, unfortunately, they, they block you. And then once they block you, 
they do not allow you to connect to the words. And then, because if you connect it to the words, you really believe in the words, they change you right away. They change you completely differently, and you feel completely different. So that's why it's number one. To get there, the approach is make sure you're, you get rid of all the trash before you get to prayer. Make sure you get rid of the trash before his bodhidud. That's why part of his bodhidud is mishpat, saying, Hashem, I'm sorry for this, I'm sorry for that, I forgive this one, I forgive that one. Because you want to you release. Because once you have release, you have an open heart, and the, and the rest is history. And the rest is history. So second thing is belief. We have to believe in our purpose, and we have to believe in our mission. We, ha- we have to also recognize that first we give up on ourselves, then we give up on God. If you never gave up on yourself, you would never give up on God. You can't say, I have a Muna and I have no self-confidence. No, you, you gave up on God. You gave up on God. And prayer is a Muna. Prayer is a Muna. The, what's an indication of Nachman saying that you have a Muna? How long you pray? How long you pray? It's not enough just to say, I love Amuna. I love that book on Amuna. Okay, really? How long do you pray? If you have Amuna, Amuna means prayer. Bottom line. Without prayer, there's no Amuna. Amuna means what I say, God listens to. That's Amuna. That I can use my mouth as a, as a, as a, as a, for prayer. That's the gun. You can have a beautiful gun. You're not shooting. Amuna, Rabbi Nachman says, is prayer. Is shooting it out. Can't say I have faith, but I don't pray. Not you don't really have faith, because if you prayed, you, you, would, you, you would have prayed. That's an indication of. See, it's very. Prayer is really. It, it, it literally. When you pray, it, it's basically an indication of what state you're in at every moment. It's a very sensitive thing. So if you really tap into it, you know exactly how to clear emotions. You, could, you can clear everything if, if, if it's done properly. And the first step, like we said, before you even start praying, you want to say, you want to start desiring, saying, I want to pray to you. Don't, don't pray. Your prayer should be, I want to start praying. That's the prayer. Because first we have to have a desire. Remember, we have to have a desire. You should say, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to pray. I never prayed before. I don't know if I'm praying right or praying wrong. But I, you've told me that how great desire is. You've told me how important it is to open up my heart. I'm not really asking for results right now. I'm not asking for results. I'm just asking for to connect. Just to connect. All I want to do is connect. That prayer cannot be turned down. You're just asking to connect. He can't say no. That's why spirit prayers for spirituality are always answered. They're always answered. So the first thing is you could say, I don't know how to say, I don't know how to, I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to pray. Teach me how to pray. Teach me, tell me what's blocking me to pray. And then once you do the preparation in private, then when you get to pray, it's a whole different world. It's a whole different world. It's a whole different feeling, etc. So belief is very connected to Emuna. My belief is, remember, my belief is that my prayers make a difference. Whatever I say can change, can change heaven. And now we already know, we specifically already know that any problem that we're going through today is a constriction. We're in Mitzrayim. Well, I'm in a problem. My, my problem is I'm stuck. The stuckness. And usually when we're a problem, what's the first thing that goes is a speech. Because the speech, where does the speech, where does it go? It goes to the, to the back of the neck. The back of the neck represents Ha'oref, which is the same name as Paro. It's stuck in the back of the neck. 
That's where the klipa is. That's where the negative energy is. It's, I can't express myself. So through wanting to express yourself, desire, you go from, you go from the ha'orif, the back of the neck, to open mouth, Pesach. That's what Pesach, the whole thing about Pesach, is the, the whole, we're celebrating, everything's loud in Pesach. We're saying it because what happens? Our speech wasn't constricted. We couldn't even speak. We were so stuck on, on our negative emotions. We were stuck on a kotzer ruach. The, the, the faculty of speech was gone. Why do you think you say the Haggadah out loud? Because now you're, you're, the resemblance is, I'm freed, my speech is free. When your speech is free, your problems will be free. That's how you know. When you start speaking and you start feeling, that's the beginning, that's the signal, signal that the problem is going to be over. That you're already, that's it. You got the lack, you came closer to Hashem through that lack, and, the, and you, that's it, you're on the right way. That's how you know already, that's the sign from heaven, because Hashem will send you the words on what to say. It says it in Lesson 124, that God will send you the words on what to say. He'll send you the words on what to say in order for you to defeat Him. Because it would be impossible for you to do it yourself. So it's really, an, it's an open book test. All I really have to do is have an open heart, not get stuck with negative emotions, be super simple, and plead like a child. And the rest is history. And just like my father says, no, you can't have it, I have to say, I want it even more. These are the directions. But we can't expect to really get to the next level without this. You can't. It's not going to happen. Because that's how Rabbi Nachman says in Lesson 34, that speech itself is what creates a keli, what creates a vessel, like Rabbi Rusha said. How can I receive a salvation without speech? How can I receive a salvation without speech? I ask many people, they ask me, listen, I have a terrible shalom bayit. Okay, what are you doing? I don't know, I'm very stressed. I smoke marijuana afterward, every day just to calm down. Okay. Are you learning, listen to classes? Yeah, once in a while. Okay. Are you praying about it? I don't have the, I don't have the energy to pray. Okay. <laughs> How can I help you? That recipe is a recipe for, for, you lost. Cut the marijuana, face life, open up your mouth, and beg to Hashem to save your marriage. That recipe, you want a salvation? How's it going to come? It's like somebody tells you, every time I have a problem, I eat. Either you stuff your face, or you face your stuff. Who's not going to help you fix your problems? Stuff your face or face your stuff. Like any addiction, like any issue in life. Don't forget, guys, everybody gets these issues. We all get them. We all get them. Everybody across the board. We all have them, and we're going to constantly have them. But we need a coping system. We need, a, we need to recognize the only way to get out of this is emunah. The only way to get out of this, Rabbi Nachman says, is emunah, is speaking, talking to your Creator, getting closer to your Creator. Using that in-thing situation to get closer. That's the whole thing. Three. Third step. Attitude. Your attitude is very important. Your attitude makes everything, everything. Your approach, the way I approach something through simcha, if I approach something as an opportunity, I have tons of energy. If I force something as an obligation, oh, oh, i got to go to work. Uh, everything you do 
if you approach it as an obligation, there's no heart. There's no heart. Your attitude has to be every single day, you have to adjust your attitude. Even when we give charity, if we give money to ch- for charity, you get six blessings. If you give the guy a kind word and said, you know what? Things are going to be okay for you. You know how many blessings you get? 11 more. 17. Imagine just by saying two words, giving the money anyway. Now I can convert that same action from 6 to 17. You know the combination you get when you do something besimcha? When you do an act besimcha? You all of a sudden, Rabbi Nachman tells you in 20, lesson 24, that I can go to a level higher than my nefesh, ruach, and neshama. If I want to get feel a, a moment of bliss, all I have to do is before I do something, smile and do it. You're doing it anyway. The attitude is an issue today. The attitude is a big issue. The Jews were not, they didn't have 98 curses because they were doing. They had, they were, they had 98 curses because of the attitude while they were doing it. It's not because of, they, were, they did not have simcha. They did not have renewal. It's very important. I thank God every time I pray. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to pray. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to do this. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. These little attitude things make a huge difference. Make a huge difference. Imagine the difference you're going to get today if before you want to help somebody, you ask Hashem, please Hashem, give me the right words to tell them. I know it's a misfit to help people. You know what the difference is in the speech? You help them? The whole different... It's, the words will come out completely different. Oh, this guy's calling me. I have to help him with his problem. You think anything's going to work there? It's going to be a burden. I have to help you with my problem? You know what's going to happen? You're not, why do you think you have to help people? Because God's helping... You're helping yourself. Why do you think He sends you people? By accident, He sends you people in your life so you get out of your own head. Because we know today, <laughs> the main issues that we said before of anxiety are what? Self-absorption, too much thinking about ourselves. Oh my God, what's going to happen? What's going to happen with this? What's going to happen with that? Ah! Self-obsession or outcome obsession. When is it going to be over? When am I going to get this? When am I going to get this? The whole day, the spinning in your head. Or self-comparison. These are things that make us crazy. So we have to exit our mind and enter the moment. When we exit our mind, when we get the chance to help people, if we don't think about ourselves, oh, finally, I feel good. Why do you think you feel good when you help somebody else? Because you stop thinking about yourself. Thinking about yourself all the time is what causes the, is what causes the headaches, is what causes the anxiety, is what causes the cortisol. But the minute I go and help somebody else, right away I have simcha. I get serotonin. Who got serotonin? Who gets serotonin by thinking about their problems, thinking about themselves? Nobody. You get cortisol. You think about yourself, you get cortisol. You think about somebody else, how to help them, you get serotonin. That's why our sages say, pray for somebody else before you pray for yourself. It's to teach you to get out of yourself. The problem is when we're thinking too much about ourselves. So it's, and it's all of us. It's all of us across the board. We just have to find a way to get out of ourselves. Just get out of yourself. Thank God I go to my, my detox center. And all day long, I'm so lucky because I can get to help people. I'm not even thinking, I'm not even thinking, I don't even, I don't have time to even think about the issues I have. 
Because all day long I'm thinking, okay, how can I help you? How can I help you? How can I, I'm putting in my, it's all chesed. And at the end of the day you feel great because you're helping people. <laughs> and the story. So, you, we, so I recognize as long as I'm thinking about other people, the attitude has to be selfless instead of selfish. That's how you get greatness. Because the real makshavot, when you help somebody else, you know what happens? All of a sudden you feel good. And when you feel good, your heart opens up. And when your heart opens up, your mind opens up. And then you get new ideas for yourself. That's how it works. That's the, that's the equation. But if we think about ourselves, our heart closes, we get stuck, we get a malchum kadnut, and we want, to be, we want to isolate. So when we think about it, we give others right away, you get serotonin, you feel good, your head opens up, you're a different person. You're wired to connect. So your attitude has to be, when you have somebody that you help, has to be, I want to help that person, because I'm really helping myself. Number one is by not thinking about myself. Four, discipline. Discipline is very important. Rabbi Nachman says here in Lesson 46, the amount of discipline. He says, dis- he, mean, he says discipline means freedom. Discipline equals freedom. If you want me to tell you how free you are, people tell you, oh, I can't keep Shabbat, I feel so enclosed. No, freedom is, is really when you're free, you don't, you're not tied to anything. When you're really free, you don't need your phone. You don't need anything. That means you're really free. If you need something to be free, you're not really free. It's the opposite of freedom. He's saying here, soul sacrifice is something each of us has to do every single day. And when you sacrifice your soul, Reb Nachman saying, that is the highest prayer. When a person sacrifices his soul, it's the biggest chance in heaven. When I all of a sudden, when I am all of a sudden in a situation where somebody hurts me or somebody wrongs me, and next thing you know I forgive that person, that's a sacrifice. That's a sacrifice. You have to sacrifice yourself. The sacrifice is, I have to give 110% in. In order to be great, I have to have self-sacrification. The reward you get for self-sacrifice is huge. And we know from the Parsha this week that the, the Jews were supposed to, the, 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 the guards watching the slaves, instead of hitting the, instead of when, when the Egyptians gave them a certain quota, instead of them saying, why aren't you not hitting your quota? You know what they did? They took a beating for the Jews. And because they took a beating for the Jews, you know what happened to them? They became the elders in the, in the wilderness. So when you take a beating for another Jew, when you take a beating, when you sacrifice yourself, when you sacrifice yourself is when you get tremendous rewards. So you have to ask yourself, where, where am I sacrificing? Where am I sacrificing in life? Am I really sacrificing? You have to sacrifice. You want to be happy in marriage? You've got to sacrifice. You've got to sacrifice. You go into a new relationship, you got to sacrifice things that you want and things that, some things you don't like to sacrifice. Sacrifice is the name of the game. And this is what he's saying here, that God will never give you, God will never give you an obstacle that you can't handle. Right away. He'll never give you this obstacle. So sometimes a person could say, listen, it's too much for me. Wrong. Not true. Your creator does not give you something you can't handle. That's what he's saying here. Your Creator will never give you something you can't handle. It just appears to recognize that it's, op- it's harder. But your Creator will never give you something you can't handle. And He's saying this very clearly. Because Hashem does not make unreasonable demands on His crea- Creators. It's a Gemara. So right away I need to understand that where is the damage coming from that situation? It's my emotions to that. It's the meaning to that situation. If I just looked at that situation as is, 
not worse than it is, I would never be so exhausted. It's very important to view something as is, not worse than it is. Do not look at something worse than it is, and do not say that God did not give you something more you can't handle. If He gave it to you, you absolutely can't handle. That's another thing we need to be great, is we need to have discipline. And we need to know when not to throw in the towel. Even Rabbi Nachman says in Lesson 48, that, that a person has to be extremely stubborn in the service of God not to leave his place. What's the number one thing we, we normally do when we're not in a good mood? You, you numb, or you take the siddur, you throw it, or you, you, you just get into that bad mindset. It's a normal thing. The guy is in a bad mindset. I don't want to do this. I don't want to go to class. I don't want to listen. Leave me alone. You're deserting your place. Every time you, sk- you run from that place, you run, you're deserting your place. You have to be extremely stubborn not to, lose your, not to lose your place. And he's saying here, and it appears, it could appear to you like nothing is changing. Nothing is changing. I'm still single. Money-wise is still the same. I keep on praying. Blah, 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 blah. You have to remain steady and determined. I can't tell you enough that the first time I did this to do six months it took me. Six months it took me. And you know what happens? When I started, things got worse. Things got worse. It could be when you start doing something spiritual, things are going to get worse for you. you know, where do we get this from? Again, last week's Parsha. The, the beginning of the exile, exile was... God, Moshe spoke to him, make it easier. You know what he did? He turned up the heat. Turned up the heat. You can learn everything. Sometimes in the beginning that you're doing something, things get worse for you. And that's where you have to be stubborn and saying, I know the Torah is a met. I know this is a met. I'm not losing my place. I'm not going to let my emotions do the damage. So you have to not, lo- not lose your place. Wherever you are in life. Many people... They, they stopped listening to classes for a year. I didn't even charge you. Did I up the subscription? I didn't, I didn't charge you anything. Where'd you go for a year? And you have to start all over again. Where'd you go for a year? Where'd you go? Not in the mood. You left your place. What happened? I was with this guy. I thought he was going to propose. He didn't propose. So there goes the Torah. There goes everything. Could have been Prince Charming was right around the corner. Right around the corner for you. But you left your place. You went to hide for a year. Where are you? That's what Hashem asks. Ayeka, where are you? When you hide, where are you? Where are you? Where could you possibly be? And I do not see you. Do not lose your place. There's moments, of course. There's times where I said, I need a break. I, I, gotta, I can't. I, I need to stop praying for a bit. No. Can't lose your place. Because right, he says something very beautiful here. He's saying, right, you could be on the one-yard line. Sometimes when you're about to, to score, and that, you need that one more prayer, you know what happens, Rav Nachman saying here? That the Yetzirah is going to attack you ten times stronger. Right before the salvation. You ever see that? When you get that terrible day, and next thing you know, you get the salvation. Right before you're on the one-yard line is where the attack gets even stronger. So you have to never leave your place. That's the determination that we need to have. We need to be determined. We need to have discipline. So the five things are, desire, you have to want it. Victory begins in the stomach. Belief, 
You have to believe in yourself and you have to have faith. Attitude, it has to be that this is a process, not a prize. You gotta stay focused on the attitude. You gotta do things b'simcha. Not do it like an obligation. Do it like an opportunity. Then you have to have discipline to be able to handle those rough days. Those days that you cannot run, but those are the days just to stand still. And the last is you have to be determined that no matter what knocks you out, you can't hide. You can't run away. And then once you get these five formulas, five things, you can hit every single goal. You, can, you know exactly what to do. And this is the greatness mindset. Greatness is not putting on Instagram and saying, I'm great. <laughs> or putting an MOG quote. Greatness, no. It's the work in private that will give you the work in, pri- in, in public. So may Hashem help us all that we should achieve this greatness. Before we leave the class, the, the Rabbi, the Biala Rebbe is going to come here for five minutes. This is my Rabbi from B'nai Brak. And he just wants to give a five-minute conversation. And I strongly recommend that you guys all get blessings from him. He's, a, he's an unbelievable rabbi that I've known for 10 years. He's going to come in now.